you know, and I, I just can't humanly do that. So, you know, I think what that equates to is at the end of the day, uh, a lot of, um, well, you have immediately a lot of driver comfort, but at the end of the day, you know, you have a lot more, um, a lot more energy, you know, you're, you're not putting out so much uh, uh, mental stress throughout your day just to wear you out. So it's kind of nice during, and <clears throat> excuse me, and at the end of the day as well. That was the voice of one Ruben Cardenas, safety driver for the Plus Company, one among the scads of tech companies dipping their toes into freight hauling as they work on ever more technically capable advanced driver assist systems. And Plus is one of those that's not shy about using marketing terminology like self-driving or autonomous driving to describe their systems. Cardenas was speaking to the stress relief his familiarity with the Plus Drive system lends to his day-to-day on the road, testing and helping refine system capabilities, which we'll hear quite a lot about today. The interview with Cardenas was conducted by my colleague over at Fleet Magazine, CCJ, editor Jason Cannon, for CCJ's weekly video-centric 1044 series of talks. I'm Todd Dills, your usual host for this October 29th edition of Overdrive Radio, and Cardenas, I'll say, is no stranger to the owner-operator world, as he put it. So I have 22 years uh, driving, about 11 of those as an owner-operator, and the other 11 as a company driver. Um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty traditional. Cardenas joined PLUS back in 2018, and his long experience begs the question, of course, why would a career hauler get involved with a company that seems bent on the eventual removal of drivers from the steering wheel, maybe even the seat? We get an answer from him on that in due course for sure. One thing's certain about the development of this technology though. It's ferried along quickly with the considerable assistance of the current state of play on our nation's congested roads. You know, there's no shortage of, of bad drivers around us at all times, you know, so it's it's very quick. The learning curve is very short uh, to figure out what it can and can't do. And it, it earns its trust with you real quick, that's for sure. There's plenty more where that came from today. Before I hand it off to Jason Cannon, whose voice you'll first hear setting things up, and Ruben Cardenas, here's a brief word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. FirstGuard provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner-operators done right. As we've done for more than 80 years, we provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front, but not FirstGuard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to FirstGuard.com. That's 1-S-T-Guard.com. FirstGuard. We speak trucker. Let's talk. Exactly what is it that you that you do with Plus? Like walk me through your, your job description and kind of the things you do on a day-to-day basis. So I wear a few different hats, but, you know, as a safety driver here at Plus, um, I'll report to a location where our trucks are held. And uh, we'll discuss with engineering and dispatch some of the testing that needs to be performed. And when I say testing, we're talking about performance testing, branch testing as in, um, you know, different parts of our system specifically, i.e. like merges or slowing and stopping some of those things. We'll discuss some of our testing needs. Uh, We'll be assigned to a truck uh, specifically. Some of these test uh, needs will require an engineer to ride along with us. Some of them do not. 
we'll go out and test on the on the highway. We can test on closed course uh, settings, those types of things. Sometimes we do static testing as well. Uh, so we'll perform tests during the day, capture the data. That data will then be given to engineers and they will work on it offline and make improvements, tune it, those types of things. So what is your role in the truck as the safety driver? I mean, are you there just to, as a fail safe? Are you actively driving and then periodically coming off and then back on? What, what do you do? It's a good question. So uh, I do both. Uh, I will actively take the truck in a manual mode uh, to where we want to test at. And then I will weave in and out of, of manual driving and semi-autonomous driving. Uh, so I will drive the truck to our location of, of uh, uh, we want to do the test, the system, and uh, we will test, make improvements right there on site or work on it offline. When you sit in the driver's seat, have you just been like, wow, I can't believe that this is so advanced it can do X, Y, Z? Absolutely. So, um, you know, when I entered PLUS as an employee uh, 2018, uh, it was was something that sounded sci-fi, you know, driving, uh, self-driving trucks and those things. Um, And um, yeah, it's it's certainly gained my my, uh, enthusiasm, uh, seeing it come from a, a bare platform and work itself up into a driver assist uh, feature we have called Plus Drive, uh, as well as some of our level four autonomous uh, trucks that we also have. It's, it's been kind of nice to grow and see it come off of nothing to something. Have you logged the number of miles or testing miles? Like, I guess I'm curious as to 2018, that's, that's about three years. So about how many miles have you logged in a autonomous truck? Just during, the COVID lockdown itself, I think myself and another uh, senior engineer put down, uh, I believe it was 60,000 miles in, in just our COVID lockdown uh, time frame when we were released to come back to work, um, so just the two of us. Uh, and that was maybe one third of my employment here. But it, it's kind of hard because we do long and short testing. We can go a couple exits down on the highway, do some testing, get some data or we can take it cross country, so to speak. But to answer the question, no, I have not personally logged my total miles with the company. What is, and you sort of answered this question a little earlier, but and it's kind of predicated on exactly what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's a quick test or a long haul test, but what does a, a normal day for you look like? I mean, cause like I said, you're in an odd space that you're a truck driver for a truck that kind of has the capability to not need you at all. So what do, what does your a normal day for you look like? So a normal day will be uh, you know reporting to work uh, where the trucks are housed, and um, we will perform some pre-trip safety inspections on the vehicles. Uh, start out with that, and then uh, check in with our dispatcher, who will then coordinate uh, driver resources uh, with engineers and see what their testing needs are and put us together, assign us to some trucks, and we will just go out during the daytime and just perform various tests um, in our with our system, whether it's the whole system or portions of our system uh, that we're working on specifically. But uh, you know, pretty much the day just encompasses 
driving around, putting some miles on, testing our system, stability, software, tuning, you know, top to bottom, uh, whatever is needed. Uh, and then at the end of the day, we'll perform our post-trip inspections on our vehicles and equipment, uh, kind of wind down a little bit. And then um, that, that's basically it. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think everybody that's going to watch this video, their first As I made reference to at the top, Cannon was talking to Ruben Cardenas for CCJ's Video Forward 1044 weekly webisode. It aired last week, Friday. Here's that question Jason Cannon asked Cardenas to anticipate. Yeah, their first question is, is going to be, have you ever had one of those, oh my God moments to where, you know, you were, you as the safety guy have just had to assume control and otherwise you might not have expected it. You know, that's kind of the nature of the business, you know. Uh, I like to say we're, we're building the bridge as we're crossing it. Um, it would be nice to get everything on a first shot, uh, but unfortunately it just doesn't happen. Um, you know, here at Plus we take safety, you know, just very serious, it's paramount. And my job uh, and my coworkers' jobs as safety drivers is just that, uh, to intervene. Now, one thing to understand that with our system, it has been specifically engineered uh, to have takeover methods that are pretty much what you would expect to do even driving your own vehicle or takeover methods, whether it's grabbing the wheel, uh, inputting throttle or brake, uh, something you would naturally do. It's, it's to require uh, zero thought in order to take over. Uh, so with that said, uh, yes, if any of these moments happen, you know, some uh, steering or braking or throttle activity that is uh, not aligned with something that I'm comfortable with, uh, it's very easy to take over. I know that <clears throat> I've got a CDL. I, I, you've logged more miles than I have, obviously, but I've seen some dumb stuff out on the highway, and I'm, I'm sure you have too. Um, has there ever been like a, a close call moment that you felt like you were going to need to intervene, but maybe the system kind of stepped in or was able to handle it in a scenario where maybe you would not have expected? With our software right now being very mature, uh, you know, there was a, a case where I had a hard cut in in front of me with heavy braking. Somebody was trying to grab an exit last minute. Uh, they cut in front of the truck. The truck assumed uh, the proper amount of braking and kept us, you know, at a safe distance. And I felt, you know, with, with very little thought, if I intervene and disengage, we could very well collide because my braking input might not be enough. So having confidence with the system after three years, you know, driving, uh, I just kept it engaged and it did just fine. And uh, it kept us from colliding with the vehicle. The vehicle got off the freeway. So that was a, a rare case where uh, I trusted the, the system over even myself. Uh, so I think that's just a testament to, to where we were at uh, in 2016 at the beginning uh, to where we were. I believe that this incident uh, occurred in 2020 last year. So, and in just those few years, uh, the system is very mature and, and, you know, mitigated that collision. If you left this job tomorrow and went to a, we'll just cut, say a regular trucking fleet, even though there's no such thing as a regular trucking fleet, but just a more traditional trucking fleet, would you miss a system like this? Have you come to kind of lean onto it and consider it more like a co-pilot? Could you go into regular trucking and, and enjoy it the way you seem to enjoy this? You know, th this system is, is designed to, to have an ease of use like cruise control. I've got miles uh, and confidence with this system. So absolutely, you know, we have a, a feature here with Plus Drive 
that is uh, called Traffic Jam Assist. Now, I have yet to meet a driver who likes driving in traffic and um, having a, a part in the development of this Traffic Jam Assist, uh, it tends to drive, I, I think, like myself and other professional drivers out there. So it's, it's very nice to be able to uh, have the system engaged, enter some traffic, uh, and just let it do its thing, keeping good distance, merging with other vehicles at slow speeds uh, is very nice. At the same time, giving me that 360 degree uh, detection uh, is, is just nice. You know, I, I could be paying attention to a, a merge on the right like I should be and not uh, give up any detection in front or on the side of me, you know, and I, I just can't humanly do that. So, you know, I think what that equates to is at the end of the day, uh, a lot of, um, well, you have immediately a lot of driver comfort, but at the end of the day, you know, you have a lot more, um, a lot more energy, you know, you're, you're not putting out so much uh, uh, mental stress throughout your day just to wear you out. So it's kind of nice during, and <clears throat> excuse me, and at the end of the day as well. Have you um, hauled any customer freight or actual freight or are these just demo drives? Uh, you know, I've done a little bit of both. Uh, with the with the company having their hands in in multiple areas, uh, we have um, all some customer freight those pilot programs. So uh, you know we will manually drive uh, the vehicle uh, in a localized area. It's not uh, it's not meant for local driving. Uh, this particular system we have called Plus Drive. I will get to the shipper, uh, check in as anybody else would, open the doors, get assigned to dock get loaded and then take off. Now our system is meant to be used on the highway. So I will drive it again through localized sections, get onto the highway. At some point after merging uh, on the freeway, I will go ahead and engage uh, the system, let it take me to where I need to go. Uh, now I will have to disengage several times, you know, throughout this trip. Uh, for example, when we get to interchanges, you know, highway interchanges, it's not supported currently. Uh, for those areas. So I will take it from one highway to the next with very short disengagements and just re-engage again, like I said, cruise control. It's very easy just to press a button. So I will do that through the course of my trip, take it to the exit uh, where I need to be and just disengage and get off the highway and uh, drive the localized section uh, to my delivery point. So on a run like that, if you had to guess, um, it's in autonomous mode 75% of the time, 50% of the time? I would say probably higher than that. I'd say we're up in the 90 percentiles, the high 90 percentiles. About what's your longest run with actual customer freight? I mean, how many hundreds of miles? So the, the company performed a coast-to-coast -coast run uh, from the Central Valley, California, out to, uh, I believe it was Pennsylvania. Uh, so, you know, we, we've done coast-to-coast -coast with customer freight. Were you on that run personally? I was, yes. Okay. And it was you and how many other drivers? Uh, we, I believe we had, um, I believe we had five or six teams uh, that took it all the way across. And, and the reason being is, you know, we were trying to uh, burn in the system, do a software check, hardware check, see if we can keep it on all, 24 hours a day. So we fired that truck up and we kept it running for just under three days is what it took us to legally drive across. Uh, so in order to comply with uh, Department of Transportation 
uh, hours of service and those types of things while we split it up between six drivers so we can keep that truck running 24 seven. We don't really max out our hours here doing local testing. Um, there's, there's a few reasons, but the, the, the main reason we don't is because we just do such short data grab, short testing. Uh, we're doing that back and forth from a starting point uh, where we keep the vehicles. So uh, we don't really use uh, near the amount of hours uh, that would take us out of compliance and just doing those types of duties. Uh, the only time we would do uh, something close to our hours of uh, operation uh, would be or long hauls, like I explained, going uh, coast to coast or something like that. But day to day, no, everything's done, uh, you know, within eight to 10 hours. Not all of that's driving. So what do you say to the uh, to the truck drivers who say that, um, you know, this is this is all just going to automate us all out of business. You know, Ruben, you're, you're part of the problem. You're the reason none of us can get, they're not going to be able to get a job in five years, 10 years, ever what it is. What do you say to those guys that have a lot of institutional pushback on this technology? Sure. That's a good question. That comes up quite a bit. You know, I, I think the, 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 the best, you know, answer to that question is it's not really going to take any jobs. Number one, anytime soon. Uh, we're talking driver in, driver out product. Right now we have a driver in product here. It is a driver assist uh, feature. That's currently what we have. I think it's it's very far out um, to start worrying about driver out, those types of things. This is gonna fulfill the driver shortage that we currently have. That of course requires us to assume that quote unquote driver shortage is a reality, of course. Cardenas and so many others use that phrase as shorthand for a bevy of conditions that basically make the attractiveness of the work of trucking, well, not that attractive. So when Cardenas invokes a driver shortage, I think it's safe to assume he believes this kind of technology and its assistive capabilities will in fact make trucking work more attractive in the short term. After all, he did say, driver shortage that we currently have, it's going to uh, keep uh, up time on the truck through collision mitigation, um, it's going to save fuel. Uh, some of those things for fleet drivers will come back in rewards, hopefully, with the company with. Hopefully, indeed. Uh, so I think that um, there's nothing to be scared of at this point. Uh, I think it's only going to fulfill a uh, driver shortage, as I said, and, and take jobs that it can take. And, you know, with the uh, various facets of trucking, uh, there's always a driver that's needed. So I don't I don't think that um, I don't think that uh, is a real big concern once you kind of educate what the system is um, and what it's about. I think, but but I mean it's a good question, you know. Uh, when you hear about these things, you know, um, I see where people would think that. Before you joined Plus in 2018, were you a a, a traditional truck driver before that? Correct. So I have 22 years uh, driving. About 11 of those as an owner operator, and the other 11 as a company driver. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was pretty traditional. So, I started out doing general freight, then I got into some rock, sand, and gravel early on, building materials, and then uh, branched off into specialty uh, uh, wine transportation. 
you see this as a potential tool? Like if I'm a fleet that I have a technology like this, when it's ready for prime time, whether it's 10 years, 15 years from now, whenever it is, if I invest in a technology like this, is this something I should go to market with and say, I have all these driver support technologies. I have all these extra capabilities. It makes your job easier. Or are we back to that original argument with, um, I don't want to work here because I'm just beta testing this platform for you and you're going to fire me when you see that it works. I think our, 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 our product that we have right now, Plus Drive, I think it's, it's, it, it requires interaction with the driver. So as drivers come to work, you're still needed. You're still able to steer. You're still needed there uh, uh, to intervene in some cases. Uh, um, it's, it's very interactive with the drivers. Okay, so it's not like you're coming to work, pressing a button, and then, you know, why are you even there? Um, I think it gives the, the fleet owners the ability to um, take a driver and give them an apprenticeship, so to speak. I, I think good drivers are hard to find. And with a press of a button, you can get a lot of combined experience. And I think that's good, uh, as I mentioned earlier, for everybody, you know, gives a newer driver uh, the confidence when going down the road. Uh, it gives the fleet owner the ability to maximize fuel savings, uh, less training hours with, with somebody. They can um, shorten up their training hours, uh, you know, with a, with a live trainer and move them into, say, a plus drive equipped truck and still be able to, to be kind of um, looked out for, if you will, with this underlying system. At the same time, you know, keep uptime up through, through collision mitigation, maximize fuel savings, those types of things. So I think it's good for everybody. So um, from 2018 to 2021, um, you know, I remember when I first started driving um, you, adaptive cruise, you know, it was most people, you could even get adaptive cruise. And now everybody just about has got adaptive cruise, Freightliner will break to zero. I mean, and that's still cutting edge for a lot of people. Sure. Um, so over the last three years, how has this technology changed in, in your opinion? What are you able to do today that you remember three years ago you couldn't do? Well, like yourself, you know, adaptive cruise control was coming on board and uh, I thought that was pretty neat, you know, but uh, I think it's it's apples and oranges, you know, adaptive cruise control versus, you know, say plus drive. Uh, it's a semi-autonomous system here. Um, so with all due respect to ACC, uh, this is a much more robust system and um, it's pretty exciting to go down the road and not only uh, Keep your following distance, uh, adjust your speed, but with the, the, the cameras on the side and our sensor suite with LIDARs and radars, you know, it, it can do much more than what you would uh, um, expect from ACC systems, uh, merges, traffic, uh, it can handle all of that uh, just fine. So uh, anybody who, who likes ACC systems uh, should have no problem adapting and liking a, a system like ours, you know. All right, so I talked to Wally Deck a couple of days ago. Regular listeners will recall a bit of that conversation Cannon had with former FMCSA acting administrator Wiley Deck, now employed in the autonomous driving tech world by Ruben Cardenas' employer, Plus. We excerpted a portion of Cannon's talk with Deck where he was asked about crash rates and hours of service flexibility. The comment came in the context of advocates' thoughts about the COVID hours of service waiver and the potential to better illustrate the connection or lack thereof between hours of service rules and bedrock safety. 
As FMCSA ever considered baking in some added flexibility tied to a carrier safety performance, Gannon Tech? At FMCSA, we never really looked at, uh, and, and I don't see them looking at it now, nor has it really been in-depthly discussed uh, giving better hours of service for those uh, companies with uh, better uh, crash rates uh, than, than others, because that's a dynamic that's constantly changing. How does a uh, state law enforcement officer who's on the roadside uh, trying to enforce uh, the regulation, how, how do they determine that that vehicle and that operator is uh, operating under that new hours of service? So I, I think it would make an, an incredible challenge uh, and, and a truly difficult job uh, that the inspectors already have even more difficult. That's understood for sure, but it might not be so hard on those troopers if more flexibility was baked into the rule for everybody, eh? That's what Andrea Marks of Trucker Nation has her eye on. You heard her here on the podcast just about a month ago, too, speaking to a data collection effort that we'll hear more about in the coming weeks. She feels the COVID hours waiver's long existence is flexibility advocate's best chance ever to chip away further at hours rule's rigidity. In any case, Cannon mentioned Deck in conversation with Ruben Cardenas not to get at hours regs, really, but to stress what Deck feels are the chief benefits of advanced driver assist systems like that of the we, Plus Company. We've talked for a long time, but it, it always comes back to the autonomous component is safer and it's more efficient. Well, you know, while he's not in the truck every day, you are. So, what are your thoughts on safety gains and uh, safety gains and efficiency improvements? Is it is it actually safer? Is it more efficient? Sure, we can address uh, safety first. You know, uh, with the safety, um, there's there's you know multiple radars, lidars, cameras, all of those things together. Uh, um, you know, they detect and then react much faster than any human can. So when you have this 360 degree coverage going down the road, uh, combined with um, superior uh, reaction, um, you know, that, that I mean, it, it just kind of sells itself. You know, once you learn the, the capabilities uh, of plus drive, for instance, um, it, there's just no comparison to human re, you know, reaction versus, you know, plus drive reaction. Um, uh, Ruben, I'll, I'll, while we're on the safety component, on a, on a human level, the guy that sits in the driver's seat, do you feel safer having this platform around you versus sitting in a in a regular truck that doesn't have it? One hundred percent. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, going down the road and having something happen. You know, I, I brought up a scenario earlier about merging. Okay, if the system is merging with somebody and and I'm supervising that system. And I'm doing what I should be doing, which is keeping my head on a swivel. I'm looking windshield, right mirror, windshield, right mirror, kind of watching some things. Humanly, it's impossible to monitor my left. Now I keep my head on a swivel and I can glance the left, right, straight, can do all those things, but there's still gaps that I'm not able to, to cover at the same time. So, you know, when we talk about a semi-autonomous system here with 360 coverage, and when it proves to you that it's safe, 
uh, with the example of looking to the right, watching emerge, somebody cuts in hard on me from the left uh, in my blind spot, puts on the brakes and the truck um, uh, applies brakes. And then I take my attention to the front and see that not only did it merge with the people on the right, but it kept me safe at the same time. That could have been a collision that, that was just avoided, you know, because of the system. And, and I think, you know, there's no shortage of, of bad drivers around us at all times, you know, so it's, it's very quick. The learning curve is very short uh, to figure out what it can and can't do. And it, it earns its trust with you real quick. That's for sure. Right about the efficiency angle, do you, do you feel like the, the, the technology enables some efficiencies that are just not possible manually? There's very high tech algorithms that are involved uh, in, in our system uh, and it encompasses all aspects of the system. So from uh, acceleration, deceleration, um, detection and managing that uh, acceleration or deceleration, smooth braking, uh, extremely smooth throttle, um, you know, uh, re-understanding the maps and knowing I have a hill coming, gearing up for it. And then I think the key thing is with all of that and the fuel savings, um, you take like uh, um, myself, for instance, I think that I was a pretty good driver and progressive shifting. I can uh, look low horizon, see my, my uh, geographical challenges and gear up or gear down for those things. Oh, that's fine, but when you when you put it uh, on a on a um, on a technological level, and the vehicle can now and I'll just throw this number out there: the vehicle applies, you know, with the weight that I have, the gear selection that I'm in, forty seven percent for conversation, forty seven percent throttle, and it's able to maintain that and maybe drop it down to forty six or 43 and 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 I, I can't do that. I couldn't hold that that precise of throttle input while I'm climbing a hill. You know, it, it figures out how to maximize your fuel savings based on weight and gear selection and 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 the grade that you're climbing or descending. And th those are all things that I can know about as a human, but it's hard to perform on that level. And I think that's why it boasts, you know, such great fuel savings. And when you put that over every movement that the truck does over the course of your total miles multiplied by week, days, weeks, years. You know, I mean, it, uh, the, the savings are just phenomenal. Brave new driving and trucking world on the way? Possible. Thanks in any case to Ruben Cardenas for his time and to our CCJ colleagues for the audio of this interview. You can check out their 1044 weekly series via the CCJ channel on YouTube and at ccjdigital.com. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with additional support from Overdrive Extra contributing writer Paul Marhover, Overdrive News Editor Matt Cole, Social Media Coordinator Holly Young, and Executive Editor Alex Lockie. Till next time, keep those hands on the wheel, drivers.